Welcome to Table Talk. I'm Jared. I'm Devin. I'm Whit. Table Talk 14. It's crazy. It is. It really is. 14. I listened to the first Table Talk the other day. Yeah? Enjoyed it thoroughly, yeah. Really short, right? Yeah, it was like 12 minutes or something. We- short <laughs> and sweet. Yeah, and we we were sweet back then. <laughs> sweet <laughs> little angels. <laughs> yeah, just so bright-eyed and excited and happy <laughs> before. But now we're devils. But now we're just plotting against each other and all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> I mean, I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> we could play a clip of our first table talk real quick. <laughs> sure. Hey, guys, it's me, Devin. I love doing this. Uh, I love that you love doing it, Devin. And I love everything, too. But I'm wit, by the way. <laughs> I'm Jared, and things are only going to get better from here. Happy, 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 happy. <laughs> I'm so happy, and everything's wonderful. <laughs> God, we sounded amazing. Wow. We sounded so happy and young. You hear those kids? Fucking idiots. It was three years ago. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah. We've been doing advanced sagebrush and shootouts for over a year and a half. And boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> and we've been podcasting for, I guess, over two and a half years now. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel like we figured it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we got a groove going. We know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know how to do it. <laughs> I haven't figured out how to do it yet. <laughs> get I'm getting there. close, though. I'm getting close. <laughs> you were doing it a little bit last time. I didn't even realize it. I know. I didn't want to say anything and make you drop all the it while you were doing it. Make you nervous. Didn't want to throw you off. <laughs> but you were doing it. But like physically throw me <laughs> off. <laughs> That's cool. That's kind of like a self-esteem booster. Me and Whit were really proud of you. <laughs> um, podcasting, by the way. It. Get your mind out of the gutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like two and a half years of podcasting. I mean, really over two and a half years of podcasting. And you guys were doing it for a solid... While before that, even. Yeah, like three to four months, I guess. A lot of like little false starts, I guess. Yeah. About three years. Trying to figure it out. It's awesome. But something juicy was missing. <laughs> yeah, Jared and I tried doing it on our own and we were like, this just isn't clicking. Oh, we should listen to one of those real quick. But it was just you guys. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, we can play a clip of um, one of our unreleased talker episodes. Hey, Jared, how's it going? Did you like that episode of Walker, Texas Ranger? It was a pretty good episode. It was bad back then. God, it was really bad. There's a little bit of dead air. <laughs> you guys are so bad. <laughs> I like Y'all are not doing it. When I think back on it, I'm like thinking about the dead air and how we'd just kind of be looking expectantly at each other and the other one wouldn't talk and then you just kind of look kind of mad <laughs> that they're not talking yet. <laughs> That's how I remember it. Yeah. Just us getting angry at each other. Mouthing stuff. <laughs> You Silently. No, you talk. <laughs> I already talked. I talked earlier. Yeah. We have seven unreleased episodes of Talker Texas Ranger with just me and Jared. Then we have probably four or five with all three of us mm-hmm. before we went back to the beginning to reboot it and start from scratch. And that's what we yeah. released. And then we did like three of those before we realized that our idea wasn't that good and then rebooted it again. <laughs> And while we were spinning our wheels with this crap, like, there was already, like, a Scottish podcast of the same name. Yeah. Um, it took us long enough to get launched that someone beat us to our genius name. Scots. It's always the Scots. They know how to do it. Yeah. They really know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Freedom. Yeah. So, what happened? What did we just do? Home Sweet Justice. Yeah. And that is, 
Is that the 14th one? 14th arc. Wow. Slash episode. That is crazy. How did it go? How did you guys feel? I loved it. Like, you know, in all seriousness, like you said, I think we've got a real flow going. So, we've done all the gameplay. I have to edit them and we have to record the song. Yeah. And we're kind of doing this all, like episode four just got released today. Right. To give people an idea of when we're recording this. But we all haven't heard the finished thing yet because we haven't finished Mm -hmm. it. Right. But even with that, what was your favorite moment? Of Home Sweet Justice. Um, also, real quick, Jared, did you listen to the new episode? No. <laughs> uh, well, that's not totally true. I skimmed it. <laughs> no harm, no foul. Yeah, um, I mean, no harm, no foul. So. <laughs> it was only 43 minutes long, so no harm, no foul. I, uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious. I'll just pat myself on the back for the line about uh, nothing's off the charts. You just make a new chart and put it on there. That was good. that was funny. (laughs) I feel like the um, Warren Dandridge stuff was my favorite. Oh, absolutely. All Kip's coordinate stuff was really funny. (laughs) I feel like if I had to pick anything, I'd say that was my favorite part. Yeah. Kip being a coordinates wizard. I feel like there could have been more Warren Dandridge, you know? Yeah. Those Dandridges always steal the show. Yeah. I mean, you guys had a lot lot to get to. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really funny character to do. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Jared, did you say what your favorite part was? In the just the past episode? No, uh, 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 no, overall? I mean, yeah, not just this episode. <clears throat> like, what what were your guys' favorite parts um, of Home Sweet Justice? Uh, I like the fake out of us trying to save the captain. I thought that was cool. That was good. You guys really, like, never once thought, like, could this be a trap? Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm I thought that was great. Yeah, even with all the clues about him, like, I can't see them. Yeah. I was like, yeah, whatever. Okay, let's go save the day. It was even funnier because you guys were like really showboating. <laughs> like, I think Kip was like, when I open the door, I'm going to say, ta-da. <laughs> yeah. And Wit was just talking about all the cool things Trevor would do to like... <laughs> Ripping donuts in the Corvette. Yeah, like boasting about things he would like yell through the sunroof as he saved the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's um, always really funny when you pull the rug out. There was a lot of stuff in this that was difficult for us and we rolled poorly too. Yeah. So it's kind of like I mean, it was, difficult as far as just gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. Difficult gameplay sort of checks, I guess, like role mm-hmm. checks, you know? Yeah. We were not kicking ass. It's more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. I'd say that was probably my favorite thing was just us getting our asses handed to us at the end of it because that's never ha- like, I mean, we were pretty much we're going to die, it seemed like. Yeah. We tore through justice points really quickly, mm-hmm. which we never really do. That was crazy how bad the rolls were, like weird. But I guess that's the way the dice tumble. And I guess the thing was that he was also very good, so it was more of an equal fight. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I really love the danger stuff. That's always really funny, especially tapping back into all Trevor's insecurities and stuff. Because he seemed to sort of get healthy again lately. Like, Mm -hmm. he got over a lot of his issues, but I think it's funnier when they're there, because they are definitely still there, all his daddy issues and his Mm -hmm. insecurities and all that danger stuff was hilarious. Yeah. I also didn't realize, but Dandridge Aluminum, the initials are D.A., Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't realize that until I was doing the art. Yeah, I saw that in the helicopter. Yeah, yeah I thought the DA on the helicopter just in for da, like da-da. <laughs> oh, Maybe I do yeah. have some daddy okay. issues going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I'm sure we all do. Mm-hmm. What was the narrator arc about? Like, how did that all come about? Like the whole end of the world kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah. joke? Um, because we were finishing the season. <laughs> and we're like, that's a funny kind of tie-in with our thing, like... Okay, this is ending, which obviously the narrator means like everything is ending. Yeah, we wanted something big that was kind of a cliffhanger. 
I feel like we've had such big arcs for the narrator. Like, I don't know. I feel like the the Wasteland stuff was so much fun to do. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah. Right. To come back to like just boring old gills. It's kind of weird. Like, fuck, we just did this whole like sci-fi dystopian thing. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, how do we make another joke about how he's an asshole to Gil? Hmm. Yeah. But uh, you make it about the <laughs> end of the world. There we yeah. Go. And it, it fit with like, you know, it's not really a cliffhanger. I think originally when we started writing it, it was more straightforward. The world was going to end if he didn't get X number of listens. And it was more just like a meta joke about just podcasting. Yeah. But then, I don't know, it wasn't fun enough. Because it's been a ton of fun. But yeah, making a joke about how we want more more listens. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, it's like, that's hard to do without sounding like an asshole, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, then it was, uh, what if he's lying, you know? Like... Because originally, we were going to have a lot more of the last episode be the world ending. Like, what were we saying? Like The portal would open. Yeah, like during the show, like he would have his big final party. But it was going to be more of a show with like bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. We ended up cutting all the band talk out of it. He mentions the stage and monitors and a side stage, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, we had to cut the whole uh, joke about Buckethead playing and him actually getting killed in like a fire. And then we realized <laughs> Buckethead is actually Ryan Gosling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then... I guess Les Claypool was also in the band. That something would happen and the band would die. <laughs> and it would be important to this ritual to stop the world from ending that the music be played. And so the song would be tied to that. And the narrator would get Gil up on stage to like play bass. Yeah. I love that though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I felt like we thought it was funnier when the narrator's lying. Yeah, always. <laughs> right. So, well, I mean, yeah. So, did the world end? Yeah. Yeah. So, he wasn't lying. He was lying about the party being important. He was lying about hope. Right. Which, (laughs) when we were originally doing it, the party was real and that it was all like a a big thing to stop the world from ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was really trying to put this together. But we did a cool pivot into snow cones. Yes. (laughs) I think that's my favorite part of all the narrator stuff. (laughs) A juicy snow cone. It's kind of like a weird non-finality does that make sense mm-hmm. um because I mean, like we're done with season one and i don't know what season two is going to be mm-hmm. or how the remainder of the show is going to be and i think the narrator stuff kind of feels the same way right it's got a nice little bow on it we fucking did it and <laughs> yeah. that's awesome because yeah i guess that's where like in writing the narrator bits we decided like the tone we really want to hit it's not the world ending it's not about actually saving the world from ending it's more just like this moment of like we did it, and when the song comes in, it's more triumphant. We wanted to end on that kind of Hell note. Yeah. yeah. It's about living in the now, the present. Don't worry about the future. <laughs> I mean, we just wanted to celebrate, like, yeah, this is a big accomplishment. 85 episodes. Yeah. No missed weeks. Yeah. You know, it's Amazingly. Hun- I can't believe we did that. Yeah. Like 16 songs, probably, at least. At least 14. 14 table talks, 85 episodes, which means... 170 narrator bits? Yeah. Wow. Not to mention Antiquated. Yeah, we aired on like more content released than mm-hmm. originally promised or we originally yeah. scoped. We thought that- Which we, is pretty crazy because we kept to that. We, we did. I'm glad we pulled that off. But yeah, we definitely thought like, hey, more content will solve our problems. <laughs> we will like wow them by making so much high quality content that like- We'll content ourselves out of this problem. <laughs> it's a good idea on paper. 
And I, it, I love the idea. That's the way I like to think. Yeah, and, and it worked. And we're all millionaires now. So this is all we do is podcast. <laughs> Good job, gang. Wait, I haven't seen any money. Well, you get some of that doing it money, you start doing it. You know, we haven't finished recording it yet, but we wanted to show our appreciation for our listeners because the listeners we do have have been awesome. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's been an amazing experience. I know personally... I never would have been able to finish 85 episodes without uh, listeners like we have. Yeah. I would have given up a long time ago. Mm-hmm. That yeah. really has been great. That's just the ones that we like talk to. You know, there's a ton of people that I think are digging it that we just don't even because like it, the right, things yeah. I like, I, I don't want, have any no, interest no, no, in talking yeah. to the people that create it. Totally. Yeah. It's <laughs> There's a lot of cool people on our Discord, a lot of cool people we've got messages from on Twitter and other platforms. But yeah, I'm talking about anyone who's listened and has listened every week. We did it, but, you know, everyone helped us. So, it is a mm-hmm. bigger we than just us. Totally. We did it. Fucking nailed it. We fucking did it, guys. It got better and better, which meant more and more work. Yes. Like, we could, uh-huh. not necessarily we were phoning it in in the beginning, but we didn't know what we were doing, so it just didn't, it wasn't as good, and we could just kind of phone it in. I mean- like, oh, okay, here's a fart joke for the narrator. <laughs> Yeah, and we do have an unreleased narrator bit that we kept in our back pocket that is just a fart joke. Um, we thought it was so funny. It is a good fart joke. I bet we can pull it out now and it'd still be funny. Yeah, we have to put that on the, the Patreon or something. Yeah, we should. We should. You know, really, we'd been doing podcasting for, you know, just about a year. So, we knew what we were doing kind of, but this show is so much bigger than that. Yeah. Like, the amount of things we do, the amount of work that goes into the editing, the amount of thought that goes into... The narrator bits, the amount of thought that goes into the songs, that kind of evolved. And so, like, when we started for the first arc, we'd recorded the whole thing, you know, without even thinking about how we were going to break it up. Mm -hmm. You know, we just recorded it and it was like, oh, that's it. We have X amount of time Mm -hmm. recorded. And then it was like trying to edit it. We came up with the idea of like, what if it's smaller parts? What if the narrator bits were at the beginning and the end? Mm -hmm. Right. And then even that first arc, we didn't have an idea of like, oh, it should end with the song. That's something that kind of came about by accident at the end of Soundcheck mm-hmm. when Wit had the acapella Boys to Menish <laughs> yeah. um, monkey tail song, which was really great. But I remember when Wit had the idea, I was like, I guess we could put a song at the end. It's not something we normally do. But, you know, it's like the end of an arc, so maybe it'll work. Exactly. And then we eventually like squeezed in narrator bits that are, were was like a narrator arc, I guess. Yeah. And that yeah. was much later. That came a lot later. The music came pretty quickly, even though we didn't really figure it out. Because even in Men of Steel, there's that one episode we <laughs> end with like the filtered yeah. song. Um, <laughs> That's like the third one or something. Yeah. And there's no words. I know. There's no it's words. Like, oh, whatever. It's just a cool riff. If we were doing that now, it'd be like, oh, let's not do that because it's no, like an end of arc thing. It wouldn't be finished. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't have time to finish it. Yeah. Um that that's a good example of us figuring it out. You know, the narrator for sure. Not only did the narrator not have an arc, it was just very different. Mm-hmm. You know, we recorded it differently. We tried to get Gilmore off mic. The characters weren't really defined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we got to the narrator arcs, which we talked about that from the very beginning. It was like, oh, we could make the narrator have like storylines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could go to an alien planet and blah blah blah, and which we which we did. <laughs> yeah, like I'd say the narrator stuff takes as much time as the actual podcast, which is funny because it's only like a minute capping the beginning and ending of it, but just the writing and the... You mean as far as the recording? Yeah. Yeah, just time. 
yeah. amount of time it takes. So, it's yeah. like we are doing two podcasts. Yeah. But not all the editing because it's a lot easier to edit. I'm sure. But there's a lot of planning for it because it's really the only thing that we plan out. I mean, I know, Devin, you plan a lot of episode stuff out. Oh, yeah. Story stuff. Yeah. But we do spend a lot of time like working out the narrator stuff, like planning how the, the whole arc for the narrator will go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We bought script writing software. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three licenses. Yeah. <laughs> so we can sit in the same room on three different laptops right. and get booted from our sessions over and over again. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. We won't say the name of it because we don't want to promote it or talk shit about it, but it uh, the collaboration fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's workable. I mean, AOL had chat rooms down 25 years ago. Can't do that with a script writing software? Okay. That's well, in itself. Well, yeah, well, yeah, but well. if, it was, if it worked like an AOL chat room, I would be like preying on you guys. <laughs> That's funny. I'd be preying on you guys. <laughs> you know what? I would already have all your credit card numbers. <laughs> so, the narrator arcs, I'm super happy about those. Mm-hmm. Those have been so much fun to do and just like totally unlike anything that I'd ever done before yeah. we started this podcast. We created something. That was not there before. And we wrote it with intentions in mind. And that's really, really cool and really, mm-hmm. really fun and learned a lot. And still learning, obviously. Yeah, definitely. It's really neat. But I mean, I feel like we could write other things now. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's given me the confidence. I mean, I feel like I have definitely gotten something from doing this for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'd never written anything before. Sure. I mean, you have funny ideas, but to actually sit down and like execute ideas and stuff like, you know, it takes work, but it's, yeah. it's really neat. And I'll say I enjoy that a lot more than like the improv stuff we do. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, I feel like that's way funnier. The stuff you can write is more fun, is more collaborative. Mm -hmm. I mean, the improv stuff we do while playing the game is collaborative, but it's a lot of work to like make that as funny as possible. Like, I feel like with the show and improv, we're like hitting little beats, coming up with little beats and moving on. mm -hmm. Whereas writing something you're um you're kind of like refining it mm-hmm. you know yeah like you're making a joke continually like making the joke better yeah. and that was so much fun like it's so neat to come up with a joke and be like that's good but that's not it we could do something funnier yeah, yeah. which you know when we're just going off the cuff with the improv stuff it's like that's good enough that was pretty funny we end up with something that's like way better than any of us could do individually uh, absolutely no drugs no egos <laughs> serious inquiries only <laughs> We do have some questions from listeners. Oh, that's cool. Keith Gala asks, were you expecting the Phil of Canada fight to be a bigger, longer slugfest? And I guess that's more for me. And I would say, no, not really. I mean, at that point, he was like a mini boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You anyway, know? We kicked his ass before. I love Phil of Canada being like new owner of Blu-rays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's really mean to the staff. Yeah. It was fun yeah. and surprising. I mean, that's some of the plan. I totally forgot that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, there was absolutely zero reason for you guys to go to Blu-rays, but you guys really wanted to go to Blu-rays. <laughs> I mean, luckily, I had notes about it. I feel like it was relatively easy to plan for compared to the other arcs because we knew where it had to go and we had a lot of stuff to pull from. And I was able to go through and say, like, these are all our good guy characters. And if you had a bizarro version of DFW, yeah. who could I replace them with? Yeah. You know, That's slot so in. And impressive how you can always kind of surprise us. Like, I always just go into it with my very simple-minded Trevor thing. Like, all right, I'm just going to kick ass every day and be cool. Like with Rad. I was like, I got this new car and then suddenly it's not my car. And you're like, that's that's just so, that's great. Good job, Devin. Yeah. And I feel <laughs> I feel like that's like really a part of the show too. It's like, yeah. 
fun little like little surprises like that. Yeah, and I feel and like I hope it comes across to yeah, like listeners. Yeah, me too. And I feel like that's because in the moment of like playing the game, I'm trying to think of something that will make you guys laugh. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you just want to subvert us. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't. I want you, you want guys to make us look stupid. Yeah, I don't. I don't want you guys to be able to guess where it's going. Right, which you did very well because I never knew anything and it never went where i was expecting which totally worked with the trevor character same thing mm-hmm. he's always just expecting to save the day and yeah. then something weird yeah. happens yeah that really did work well like just with a character like that you know mm-hmm. uh good bit of questions from steven dennis which is awesome nice number one an easy one who's your favorite listener from philadelphia steven dennis easy yeah steven dennis what is your favorite arc slash episode this season Ooh. that's a really good one that's um, a super good one. I had a, I had so much fun with Men of Steel. That uh-huh. was a lot of fun. That's really I good. also had a ton of fun with Rad. Yep. Rad was really good. Um, I love doing the flashbacks in Men of Steel and Soundcheck of the Heart. That was a lot of fun. Yep. That was that was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> They're all really good. I mean, seriously. Like I, I was saying to y'all, like I like to just go to random episodes and just listen to them. Mm-hmm. And I have not heard any yet where I was just like, boy, we were still figuring things out. Like, I think they're all. Yeah, because even if I go back and listen to the first arc, it may not move as quickly. I don't go like, oh, this sucks. I'm like, oh, the narrator bits could have been better. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not like, oh, the gameplay story stuff sucks. Right. Yeah, yeah. And our vibe was there. Yeah. The structure wasn't all right. There, yeah. What it ended up being that was good. Yeah, totally. That's pretty tough. I think Men of Steel was like the most fun for me. I'd hate to peek that early, but <laughs> Kings of Cattle Hill was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That one was fun. That, that one felt sloppy to me, though. It wasn't our sloppiest, I don't think. What do you think the sloppiest one was? That's my question. As the editor. Oh, man. <laughs> Hard Path to Gavel felt like a huge mess. Like Clunky. We, it felt kind of clunky, but just that like... Because it was too much of a sandbox and it was so talky, which I thought was really funny, but I don't know if people like that. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like we wrapped it up really well. Yeah, but that was the funniest out of nowhere wrap up I think we did. Yeah. That was fucking crazy. That was great. Everything on the rooftop was great, but I feel like by then we'd already lost everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just go to the last episode of Hard Path to Gavel. That's what we'll submit to the Emmy committee. <laughs> but best though, I think rad because I think it was the most imaginative story. Yeah. I think it was fun. And imaginative for me. Yeah. Um, I liked the table talk from that one, which was Muscle Boy. <laughs> and I good. liked the song Worthless Soul. Yeah. Oh, that, that was, was like Yeah, that was good. Um, um that one felt weir- really weird, but like I feel like we had the tone of it being Dave Matthews. <laughs> and like that was just like played to our strengths, right. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Wit we- had that in the bag from the beginning. Um, yep. I was a big Dave head back in the day. So I got to use all my Dave skills. Rad, I think, was like, I think it was the one where he was just trying to get listeners and he was having like the salt shaker challenge and stuff. Yes. Oh, yes, yeah. it was. <laughs> right. And he, he got the dude bros to come in. And, and yeah. like, like I, <laughs> like it was a lot of good stuff. And we, and so that was kind of our first arc. Oh no, that definitely was it because by the end he got yes. Gail to sell his soul. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the salt shaker challenge, just like being a thing was like so funny to me. <laughs> and we never said what that thing was. Just insinuated. Oh, it's so great, though. Yeah. So stupid. So stupid. So dumb, but really funny. 
And the red, I think, worked really well, too, because it is so TV showy to have like, yes. a robot car. I mean, yeah, yeah there are literally totally. shows about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was a fun concept. We weren't like bogged down by trying to move this season long story arc along. Mm-hmm. Um, next question. Where is my talker season two? <laughs> you really missed the mark with Rad, though, because like Ramus should have made the car so that it had to run on Weed 2.0. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and like it was like super well intentioned because it's like, oh, we have all this Weed 2.0 and we have to get rid of it. Why don't we just make this car that like consumes it? And then it could have just been like Kane from Robocop 2, where it just like <laughs> fucking needs Weed 2.0 all the time. And it like seeks it out and is just like and that's what drives it evil instead of something it being hacked and turned evil to accidentally yeah. no that's a million times better um <laughs> I, I mean that's that's what we'd write if we had the time yeah i mean that's that's why honestly i i feel like i love this world and i want to tell more stories in it even outside of podcasting mm-hmm. and i'm really excited to work on the game just because we can do stuff like that collaboratively because that's fucking amazing that should have been it that's awesome <laughs> I love the idea of like Dandridge Aluminum rebuilding Rad, trying to market it to people. It still has Rad's brain and it has to run on Weed 2.0 and then it's corrupted. That's great. That's it. Oh, That's yeah. in the game. Perfect. That's a chapter of the game. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And we'll listen to this a long time from now and be like, oh, and that's where that part of the game yep. happened. Uh, next question. Has anyone seen Purvis? <laughs> I feel like overall people did not like Purvis. <laughs> I feel like Steven Dennis is Purvis's number one fan. I feel like we did a lot of stuff in Talker, Texas Ranger, USA that people did not like. And some of it was gross. And that wasn't for everybody. And yeah. Purvis, I put it the second on the list from like eating hair. <laughs> yeah. Talker was fun because we didn't have any listeners. So we could really just be 13 year olds and have really gross, dumb jokes that like now I think we're like, eh, that's too, let's not do that. Purvis fit into the world well, you know? <laughs> I think if we make more Talker, Purvis would definitely be back. Mm-hmm. Purvis is a lot of fun and gross and weird. Next question. <laughs> These are all still from Steven Dennis. He had a lot of really good ones. What is your favorite NPC? Question for you guys. I feel like I can't right. answer this. Uh, I mean, the Dandridges. Dandridge. I love Dandridge. As far as all the, I guess, what happens with the gameplay and stuff with Dandridge, I guess, just how he affects Trevor, I think is really funny, but maybe that's not the right answer to that question. Phil Canada? I don't fuck. Dandridge is great because he is like, he's like a golden child, you know? Mm -hmm. And he is exactly like Trevor, only he's like nice to people. Yeah. And he's he's psychologically healthy. Yeah. It's kind of like the evil twin thing, except Trevor's (laughs) the evil twin. Exactly. Our main character was the evil twin. Yeah. That's that's another brilliant kind of spin on thing. And I love it. It's a weird, he's a weird thing. He's always good, always sincere, Uh you know? And it makes no sense for us to not like him. We're the only (laughs) people who do not like him. (laughs) Oh, I really liked Brian Russell. He Brian made Russell. me laugh a lot. I, I liked doing Brian Russell. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I, I liked Phil, Phil of Canada a whole lot. Phil of Canada is good. I feel like I could never do it if I was trying. I totally didn't do a good job in the last arc, but I did a good job in Hard Contact with kind of a semi-Canadian accent, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I could never do it if I was trying. Right. My, that, <laughs> my Shelley Long and my Brian Russell were like the only accents I did because I'm so bad at accents. And Frasier. 
Oh, yeah, Fraser Dandridge. Yeah, I got it. You know, there's a lot of NPCs I like. Oh, my God. I love you guys just talking about Fraser's big head. <laughs> I mean, Fraser is such a stupid character. I know. For, as, for as much as we talked about Cheers and stuff, like, none of us would put Cheers on, like, a list of our favorite TV shows, you know? <laughs> no. It's just a thing. It's just funny to joke about because everyone knows it and it's, yeah. it's a, it, it fits into the dumb TV world mm-hmm. of advanced age Russian shootouts. Right. You know? It does, for which, sure. Which we all grew up on. Yeah. And we already have Blu-rays bar. Yeah, you already it just have makes Blu-rays. makes sense for him to have regulars. Yeah. yeah. And if he's going to have regulars, it should be like Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something that like, we kind of had more and more of it as the season went on, but it's in the task force. I had Diane Chambers. Yeah. You know, as being like, right. this is a this is a Bobo Cheers. This is a legally distinct version of Cheers that is Blu-rays, who's already inspired by the character C D and Walker Texas Ranger. <laughs> yeah. It really is great. That's sort of like what I'm most proud of with all of this too, is like the world building stuff that we've done. Yeah. yeah. It's really neat. Totally, because I by myself could have never in a million years come up with all this. World building and stuff is something I never want to do. Yeah. But when we've done it the way we've done it, it was more organic and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it is collaborative because we all kind of like plan the world out ahead of time. You know, the broad strokes of Mm -hmm. like, this is DFW and this is what it's like (laughs) and some of the main NPCs. But yeah, I feel like that is like the coolest thing we got out of this was the world of advanced stage brush and shootouts, DFW. Created a world. Yeah, and I feel like that's useful for the podcast going forward and also other projects we do in that world. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. Everybody should do it. Everybody should create a world. Yeah, totally. And I feel like fate made that real easy. It kind of walked you through like this is how, you know. You- Seriously, like God bless fate for doing it because I feel like the way we would have come up with the world and characters would have been clunkier in any other system. I think that's true. That's totally true. Yeah, because they, they like from the get-go, they encourage everyone to get together and talk about their vision and it's collaborative and it worked really well for us as like friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that was awesome. Yes. You know, originally I wanted to use Dungeons and Dragons and just change some things. So, to make it easier to fit. Mm-hmm. And then someone, I don't remember who, might've been someone I worked with, recommended Fate. I bought the book. Basically, you know, having skills that we could roll from and then like character-based ways to like flex on the roll. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was like, like, how can you squeeze more info out of the characters? Right. Obviously, before this, I didn't have really any experience tabletop role playing. I would say in a lot of ways, I still don't. (laughs) (laughs) And certainly much less than a ton of people listening. But I would say that Fate is a great system. And I say that only ever having read like maybe an eighth of that book. (laughs) And (laughs) And I would say you don't need the rest. I mean, for what we're doing? Uh, it's perfect. Right. It's perfect. We needed skills and we needed a way to flex on those skills, like in a character-based way. Yeah. And it was just like a perfect fit. Yep. The- yeah. We needed stuff to push a story. Yes. To help push a story and squeeze more out of it. Yeah. Situations. But it's so simple. It's just one through four. Yeah. Super kill is going to have so many fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Looking back on the season, what would you have changed? <laughs> Nothing. I wouldn't change a goddamn thing. Yeah, this is a tough one because I don't, I don't really know. I mean, Any, like anything that's wrong with it, I is part of its beauty to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very much. I mean, I I feel that way about all the gameplay. Like, I wouldn't ever want to change anything that happened because I feel like it's very much a product 
of the three of us getting together and I don't know, I'm just very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Given the freedom to do it, which technically we have and we've talked about doing it, we might go back and rewrite and record new narrator bits for the first arc, mm-hmm. you know, just to like make it fit better with what comes later. Um, I mean, they're, they're still like that on the second one too. We'd have to redo a lot. You think so? I just, cause I listened to one of the sound checks and it was still, it was, you know, he had the much more calm voice and he was a lot slower and he would just explain what happened on the episode last week. And then he would just say something mean to Gil, which I think was funny though, because it evolved. It's like the first season of any popular show is like, you know, it's not as good as the later seasons, but that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's like first one, they're figuring out what they're doing. Yeah. It may not be possible just because he would still have a transition at some point, but I wonder how many we would have to do. Like, all of them no 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 no. like at what point does the narrator feel like the narrator and i know that's like yeah there's not a clean point but how long did it take us to get the narrator feeling like the same character well yeah and i mean i think this goes back to what you were saying where it's like i feel like i've learned a lot about creating a thing Mm -hmm. yeah right from this the whole package Mm -hmm. and i feel like when we did talker when we came off of that we felt like we had learned a lot in some ways we did, right? You know, you learned editing mm-hmm. to kind of refine it and make it better. Yeah. Uh, and we learned through doing that kind of clunkily how to structure the episodes to to remove more fluff. Yeah. And stuff that's boring and where mm-hmm. you want to skip it, like that type of stuff. And when we went into this, we had an idea and we refined it. Mm-hmm. But I think now coming off of season one of Advanced Age Russian Shootouts. Now we know how we should scope a show out and make a sort of a pilot that is still yeah. still learning, but you know, I, we're better at it and we'll be better at it another year from now, you know? Yeah. If Mr. Podcast Moneybags was like, <laughs> we want you guys to get back in the game. And <laughs> they like, said you were the best. Yeah. Said yeah you were the best. Like, <laughs> like we want so to- Val Kilmer comes to us and he says, <laughs> oh, hey, I'm Val Kilmer. I've talked to George Lucas <laughs> And I've talked to Steven Spielberg, and we want you- <laughs> I know where this is going. We want you to make Willow 2 the podcast. <laughs> oh, fuck. Right. I would feel like we could say, Mr. Kilmer, rest assured, you have nothing to worry about. We were looking for a new project. Yeah, Willow is in good hands. You have nothing to worry about. The Willow franchise <laughs> is in good they hands. They said, what this podcast needs is three leaders. <laughs> <laughs> Then he picks just three burgle cuts, but then, <laughs> but then burgle cuts bail on it, and it's just us. We have to do it. <laughs> and he would say, "I've listened to Advanced Sagebrush and Shootouts. After those three old guys that looked like burgle cut, I've realized <laughs> that you guys have what I'm looking for." <laughs> Turns out that just picking people that looked like the actor that played burgle cut that didn't work. And fuck yes, absolutely we do. And there will be a whole Vonkar scene where he's just tearing shit up. It'll be awesome. You are a great podcast deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically what I'm saying is if someone came to us and wanted us to make a podcast, I feel like we could knock it out of the park from day one on any podcast network and we could podcast Group X under the table. So I'm really nervous that you're basically saying that there's going to be, there's like... The podcast off? Group one and group two, which is us, and it's for <laughs> Willow to the podcast. That makes me extremely nervous. Yeah, but you know group one is just a bunch of burgle cuts. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably Scottish. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're three Scottish men who look like Burkle cut. <laughs> you Never. can just say three Scottish men. <laughs> yeah, you heard us. Uh, next question. Last but not least from Stephen Dennis. Who is the best captain and why is it Cisco? Jared, I feel like you may have some opinion on this. Okay, it's not Cisco. Sorry, <laughs> it's Picard. He's cool. He's level-headed. He doesn't like kids. That's kind of like a strike against him. Mm-hmm. But I feel like on a ship like that, where you have like a lot of civilian crew, you got to distance yourself from them. So, how do probably you f- a good call? Wit, best mm-hmm. captain. Uh, Picard. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm Picard so for, sh- for sure. Every every other captain has like serious, serious character problems. Yeah, we're a Picard team. <laughs> so, those are all of our listener questions. Do you guys want to do voicemail? Yeah. Hey, I hope this is the phone of Dr. Sip Kimson's. Uh, this is Max Biggins. I noticed you didn't get back to me on the appointment, so I thought I'd call you back. I actually had like a whole encounter with like a crow outside my window, and it was like <laughs> crowing and shit. But I went out to look, and it was gone. But there was like a feather on my windowsill, and I touched it. And it made me sneeze a whole bunch. But then a frog jumped out of my hand, and I basically shit myself. <laughs> oh, hey, since I have you listening, I found this cool new podcast called Advanced Sagebrush and Shootouts. I have this thing where you have to tell 16 people about it a bunch of times, or else they reach out your phone and strangle you to death for being a heretic. <laughs> so I kind of have to tell you. Anyway, please get back to me. I swear to God, that smoke <laughs> I mentioned last time is purple, and my mom swears to God it's just regular smoke. I need an appointment. That's so weird. That guy had a crow outside of his window, too, because that happened to me. He clearly said it was a frog. Okay, so the the thing is, though, <laughs> like the cool thing about frogs is like when they go into hibernation, they need to keep warm and they're going to get feathers and they're going to collect them <laughs> and make their nests out of them. Are you suggesting some kind of world where crows and tree frogs live side by side and are, are symbiotic with each other? Well, I don't know. How would the reverse of that go? What does the crow need from the tree frog? Nothing. I'm saying that's a ridiculous <laughs> idea. <laughs> so I, I just want to say, like, I think Mr. Biggins sounds like he's doubling down and he's stressing himself out. Hmm. It's cool if you double down, but all we ask is that you 1642. <laughs> or we will strangle you through your phone. It's fair enough. <laughs> so he's Team Crow. That's cool. That's another one for my list. It's good to know. It sounds like he was both teams. Mm. He was both Team Crow and Team Tree Frog, mm. which got no traction on Twitter. I thought it would blow up into a whole thing. Uh, no, sounds yeah. like Team Frog made him shit his pants. I was, I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I guess we need an update, though. Is the crow still out there? I haven't heard it. I think we talked about it too much, and it uh, was, you know, because cr- crows are magical and they know everything, so it probably was like you. Uh, expired your membership. Well, it's a difficult thing because like I'm sure crows migrate and they're probably always moving. They probably don't want to stay in South Carolina for too long. Well, it's, it's pretty hot. I'm neutral here, but I feel like we've had some rainy weeks and it's I feel been like really rainy. I feel like if it was tree frogs, wouldn't we have had some increase? Yeah. Maybe it's too hot for them and they mm-hmm. expire. Maybe, but it was a crow. Here we go. Here's the next voicemail. Howdy, boys. It's me, Jim Hammer, mayor of Texas. 
I uh, I got some bad news. The underground bunker is no longer available. Uh, it turns out the vigilante group got to Ted Cruz, and his ghost is irradiating the shit out of this place. So I don't think we're going to be able to have you down here anymore. <laughs> it's just not safe. Ugh. Oh, God hey, damn it. It's Rafa, uh, uh, Ted Cruz here. <laughs> just setting up the new concentration or uh, detention centers. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, stop. You can't press conference. Yeah, but just, uh, <laughs> God damn it. I'm going to have to call Bill Murray again. All right, guys. I got to take care of this. <laughs> that was awesome. That was great. <laughs> I, that was great because it had a twist. I didn't expect a guest. Yeah. I didn't, he was saying he was going to call Bill Murray. Yeah, he did. I thought maybe it was a Texas thing. A Bull Murray. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe. Right. I guess like Ted Cruz is the Charleston Bill Murray. Like he's their local hometown celebrity, Ted Cruz in Texas. And we have Bill Murray here, I guess. It's a pretty shitty trade off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But everyone just talks about running into <laughs> Ted Cruz. <laughs> yeah. He's always in your basement. I saw one of his slime trails. And here we go. Voicemail number three. Hi, this is uh, Kaz Ramirez, a uh, huge fan. First time caller, uh, we were listening to a table talk uh, in the car on the way home, and my daughter, Samantha, was so excited about it, she wanted to talk to you guys. So, Sam, what do you have to say? <laughs> What's that, honey? Gotta be a little louder, honey. Yeah. Whoa. Too scared is just Devin, Witt, and Jared. Can you just say, hey, Devin, Witt, and Jared? Okay, do it. No, you can't? <laughs> All right, well, she got too shy. Um, sorry for wasting your time. I'm going to turn this damn thing off. <laughs> Don't dance. You did not waste our time. That was no, awesome. Not at all. No, I not at it. all. I loved it so much. And that was actually a kid there. Yeah. Again, I don't know if children should be listening, but if uh, parental consent, that's fine with me. I saw a lot of stuff I should not have seen when I was a child, and I turned out <laughs> just fine. <laughs> hey, Samantha. Samantha, you won Table Talk. You won. Yes. Call us again. We're big fans of you. <laughs> and that's it for our voicemails. Cool. So what ha what happens if we get any more while I'm gone? Um, well, we didn't talk about that. We've had a busy week. We're trying to wrap everything up because Wit is going to be out of town for the rest of the month. Because of my bullshit, as usual. Prima donna Wit bullshit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you won't be back until all the episodes are edited and released. Right. I get back like two days after episode six will come out. So right when Table Talk comes out. Yeah, that's right. So this happening right now will be when I get back to uh charleston that's cool <laughs> it's trippy man <laughs> it's fucking crazy so like a couple of days after all of the media fallout from <laughs> the final episode comes out you're gonna go lay low for a little while <laughs> yeah i'll be like i want to come back now and, and get all the attention and be like yeah that was me on that that everybody's so upset about in the media <laughs> do you think your manager will be like wait until the media cycle's over um, probably. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do whatever he says because he's my manager and he controls me. 
Will you even know what he's saying or will you be like too whacked out on <laughs> Drugs. narcotics? I, I think you know the answer to that question. <laughs> he keeps me pretty doped up. Will he be like, Wit, hey, Wit, are you listening to me? Yeah. And you'll pull your sunglasses <laughs> down and your eyes will be completely bloodshot and, <laughs> and dilated <laughs> like 98%. And yeah. crossed. And, and, <laughs> and you'll push him back up and he'll say, he, he didn't get any of that. <laughs> He's ready. <laughs> yes, all of those things will happen. But yeah, so having to rush stuff, sort of. But as usual, we, could, we always step up to the plate and get it done, even when we almost died in that hurricane. Please leave us some voicemails. 843-284-3566. All of you are very funny and very cool and very attractive, and we love to hear from you. And I mean that. And you can find us on all the social medias at Sage and Shoot, Gmail, Sage and Shoot at gmail.com, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. In case anybody doesn't know all this stuff, uh, 1642. You can listen to any table talk, and we'll talk about it at length, how that works. Yep. Do we want to talk about plans for next season? Yeah, so now that we're done with season one, what now? What now? We're definitely taking a break before season two starts. We don't have a date when it'll come back? Yeah, so I I think what we've talked about is like our release schedule currently, like how we've been running things for season one has been a little difficult. Uh, It's been very taxing for us. Uh, We haven't (laughs) had room for breaks and we haven't allowed ourselves any kind of like break. Right. Sometimes the show, I think, has, like, suffered for how, like, rigorous we've been releasing it. I'm sure that's true in a way. I feel like one of the problems with season one was we had a season-long story arc. Made things difficult for me, just as far as planning, always having to kind of bring some things up. I don't know if it made it more fun to listen to or not. I feel like it was detail-heavy enough that, I mean, based on this and the fact that, like, it's easy for us to forget details... Most of our listeners probably didn't follow the season-long story arc that well, just because it's like so much shit, and it's spread out over 18 months. Yeah, I mean, Jared and I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying not to call you guys out, but yeah, you guys never remembered. So, um, I mean, unless someone is just binging it, I feel like it's probably hard to keep it all in your head. You know, who all the smaller NPCs are, and the people in the government, and blah, blah, blah. So, I feel like having to keep that season-long story arc, it felt like a drag on all the individual arc stories that I always had to work that stuff in. So the big change that we're going to do for season two is that basically the TV show advanced sagebrush and shootouts is canceled. (laughs) It ran for one season. It had bad ratings. Well, they kept moving the fucking night that it aired. You know, how could people even get into it? No one watches a Friday night show. Yeah. Uh, Why couldn't they just put us on after Mama's family? We would have crushed it. (laughs) So, the TV show is going away and we're replacing it with made-for-TV movies. Mm -hmm. So, each arc will be standalone. Each arc won't be limited in the number of parts. If it's 10 parts, that's fine. If it's four parts, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's 12, that's fine. So, we won't have a season-long story arc to kind of slow everything down. Yeah. We won't have me putting the brakes on things <laughs> just as it's picking up speed. Good, no, that was good. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we kind of need some bridles sometimes. I know I do. Another advantage of us having a break is that when we do start making new arcs for season two, we can change our production schedule so that we'll do all the gameplay. Mm-hmm. When that's done, we can do all the narrator bits. Yeah. Then we can come back and do the music. We can 
finish an entire arc before releasing it instead of just having like a set schedule where it's just a slog to keep up. So less rules, man. Less rules. Rules are lame. No rules, just right. No yes. rules, just right. <laughs> that is our original motto, and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And I love it. When we started, we had the goal of making the best actual play podcast. Nailed it. Yeah, and I feel like you know we did exactly what we wanted to do. Maybe not everyone felt the same way, but <laughs> and I feel like that's what I've kind of gotten out of this is that you can make something really good, and that makes it a success regardless of whether or not people listen to it. Mm-hmm. But if we're not doing this to get listeners and we're just doing this for ourselves. We have to do it in the way that's fun for us to do. Ooh. I do a lot of editing. If we do something that's really funny, but I know that there's a lot of shit that has to happen in the arc. Like there was some really cool stuff that was cut from part four, even though that episode is like 43 minutes long. Yeah. Like the stuff, the lasso museum. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just because like <laughs> it didn't matter. If we're just doing stuff to be funny, but it doesn't move the plot along, sure. like that can be cut and no one's going to miss it. You cut the Lasso Museum? <laughs> I cut the Lasso Museum. So, you're going to like put it in episode five? Um, I'll put it on Patreon. <laughs> on When you put episode five up because it's going to be in there. That's cool. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> and I edit for time, I edit for content. Mm-hmm. I try to make everything as funny as possible. I do a lot of editing to make myself, so I'm just not like stammering because if I'm trying to like make something up, if you're in the room with us, it sounds like, and then he says, shit. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. He comes in the other door and he says, you know, and so there's a lot of shit like that, that I, I clean up. If I can remove ums, I do all of that. If I can fix the timing of jokes. It's really great. And it's really nice to have the freedom to know that <laughs> you put so much work into it. And I can be like, like, I can be just fuck around and be like, I know Devin will fix this later yeah, and make it awesome. We're not improv people, but I feel like we're funny people. But we're not going to make something just through improv that is like 100% polished that you could just release on its own. Sure. But it's more like, like I've read that they do in Curb Your Enthusiasm where they shoot a lot of stuff and they edit it together in the funniest way possible. Mm-hmm. So, we do that with our stuff. I feel like our end product is awesome, but it's a lot of work. And the difference between like the gameplay stuff and the narrator bits is that the narrator bits, we all come up with together and that collaboration makes it really funny and then we we can all record it. And so, everyone else helps each other make it as funny as possible. Mm -hmm. And when I'm doing the editing, everyone has already done their part and it's like up to me on my own just to make it as funny as possible. Because, I mean, the amount of time I spend on it, like this weekend, getting part four ready, Saturday, I spent all afternoon into the night editing. And then on Sunday, I was started in the morning and edited till like four and then had to edit the narrator bits. Jared finished the art. I put it all together. Then like, you know, there's all the other stuff like. I had to edit the narrator bit for part six. We could do music for it today. I had to work on the drums. You know, I was working on that on Saturday and Sunday too. That's why you get all of Jared's share of the podcast most. <laughs> I enjoy the final product. I'm really proud of it. But it takes so much time that this has really like consumed my free time for 18 months. Yeah. Like, like he, he looks terrible, everyone. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's amazing how different he looked two and a half years ago. No, I was already a mess two years ago. 
And then, you know, then when that's done, there's always the other shit we're working on. Like, oh, we need to brainstorm ideas for narrator bits. Oh, we need to brainstorm a song idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to like plan gameplay stuff. Right. It'd so there's, nice a, to have there's some a, more time. Yeah. Yeah. There's always like a, a backlog of yeah things to do. Yeah. And I like staying busy with projects. I really do. It's just that the work itself, I don't really enjoy. Like I don't enjoy the editing. It's not something that is fun. Mm-hmm. I like it when it's done, but it's not like, oh yeah, good. Today I get to edit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's work. Yeah. It's, it feels like work. And compared to other things we do, like coding, you know, for the game development stuff, I could do that seven days a week and never get sick of it. And that's fun to do. So, I think one of the things we're doing with season two is changing up how we work so that it's easier on all of us. Not that I personally will slow down, just I will enjoy my life more. Yeah, that's. I guess that's important. <laughs> <laughs> but I think though, too, it will make what we release better without all of the baggage that that the rest of our episodes yeah. come with. And I think that's an important- That, that people don't see, but I think yeah. it's definitely like something you'll you'll notice. Yeah, I think so. That's a really good point because I think that the way that we've been operating, it's always down to the wire of like finishing it. Right. Which there's something kind of fun about that too. I know yeah. it sucks for you because it's so no, much No, no, no. And work, it is. But that's makes us, you know, when you're urgent, like – Sometimes it's bad to have too much time and you, you can think too much about something and overthink it. I'm sure we'll run into that problem too. Yeah. And I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at least, at least like we will also not have the baggage of the absolute yeah. schedule. Yeah. And, and I don't need a deadline to stay busy, but there's a lot of stuff we haven't had time for. And I feel like if we're just talking about season one as a whole, it started because we wanted to make the best actual play podcast possible. Other shows are great in their own way. I feel like no one is doing what we're doing better than we are. I feel like no one else is doing what we're doing, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's weird and original. It's weird and original and it's very us. It fits us and the three of us as a team like perfectly. Yeah. Wouldn't work with any yeah. different cogs. Yeah. I don't think you could replace any of us. I don't think any other three group of people could come in and do exactly what we're doing. I feel like it's kind of the ultimate culmination of a lot of the things we're good at. Mm-hmm. Part of doing it is like, oh, we want to do it and we want it to like really take off. And that's like a motivating thing where it's like, I want to make something great and I want other people to hear it. And that's always part of any creative project. Mm -hmm. And then we kept doing it even when that wasn't really working. And I don't want to like take anything away from like how awesome our listeners have been. But it does reach the point where you're like, wait, why am I doing this? And like if the answer is, well, we're just doing this for us because we want to make something as good as possible, then really we can remove that concern about listeners and stuff. Like, let's not worry about that. Let's just make like what we think is the best. Mm -hmm. And if we lose listeners because we don't have a regular release cycle, that totally sucks. But it all comes back to like, why are we doing this? Totally. And uh, everyone, I'm dating Yoko Ono now. (laughs) And she has convinced me to quit and go off on my own because... Turns out I never needed these guys. <laughs> I never and, needed, these, needed these guys. And, and I'm the true talent. I'm the, I'm the talent. Yeah. The, thank you. She, and you just needed, convinced me. She told me too. I was, I was, she <laughs> got me. And you needed an 80 year old woman. <laughs> I need her bad. I thought of a really good idea for a podcast. Tell me. It can be actual play or not, but it needs to have Jaleel White, okay. Dustin Diamond, and David Faustino. I love I'm, I'm it. I'm in. I love it. I, I, will pay, I will pay money for it. You know, 
I've, I've been thinking about them this week. Um, <laughs> more about uh, Jaleel White and Dustin Diamond. And that, like, I feel like a show today would not operate the same way. I guess I don't watch kids TV, so I don't really know. But, like, those kids were so mistreated and, like, fucked over by playing a character that was, like, the butt the of worst. jokes. Yeah, the, yeah. like, the, they were just made fun of. And I feel like that has to be so bad for a kid. And it's so fucked up they did that. Yeah. And I hope kids shows today don't do that because those guys are, like, the total proof of, like, that'll fuck you up. Be like a kid and you're playing a character, but the character's the butt of every joke. Yeah. And, like, it's not like, oh, some of the humor's at your expense. It's like, no, this character is a fucking joke. Yeah. Like, the other <laughs> yeah. kids don't like you. They don't like being around you. Everybody else is cool and has, like, round story arcs. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least Jaleel White got to be <clears throat> Stefan sometimes. Yeah, it, it is. It is totally. never got that. It's totally different than Screech. Like, he was still, like, the main character. He was the butt of a lot of the jokes, but he was a million times better than Screech. Yeah. And still, he got fucked up by it. Yeah. Screech is really messed up. Julia White is on that new roast show. He's he's doing it kind of okay, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I don't. I'm Dustin not an Diamond expert. Is not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not a Jaleel, Jaleel White expert or anything. But yeah, it does seem like. Obviously. <laughs> you guys have questions about this stuff. It's like, that's why they need all be on a show together. Right. Yeah. I would love to talk to them. Because like, I David if I... Faustino was like Bud in Married with Children and like. He was also in Legrat. <laughs> yeah. We're going to bring him back. But he's probably like least fucked up. Totally. Bud was the butt of jokes, but not more so than like any of the other characters. Right. right. The difference but is though. Like a spectrum, he, right? It is. And also, I mean, but I feel like you're more affected by that stuff if you're young. So, it's fuck. Yeah. It's, you can't put a kid in that situation. It's different with Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill could play Al Bundy for 11 seasons and he's fine because he's Ed O'Neill. He's like a fully formed adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now we're just talking about kids in Hollywood. Like that's probably just always a bad idea. Maybe it's Fred Savage and Jaleel White. And Dustin Diamond. Fred Savage turned out okay. Fred Savage played cool characters, you know? Yeah. He He was like a teenage heartthrob. Yeah. So, what's it like? Oh, you want a spectrum? I see. Yeah. Oh. Like, what's it like to to play someone who isn't the butt of a bunch of jokes? I feel like you got was like super young. Yeah. And then like- Like fucking Zach Morris? And Dustin Diamond is totally fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the- I don't even know who the actor is. Actually, yeah, I'm not a fan of Saved by the Bell. I watched it a lot, but... But what are some other, really? like, actors that are, like, super kid actors that were, like, the butt of all the jokes on their show? Um, I I don't know. There's got to be a, others. That's why, like, David Vostino is the only person I could think yeah, of. Yeah. he was the butt of a lot they of They don't jokes. do that anymore, I hope, right? It doesn't seem like it. No. I don't know. I, I think that was just a very 80s thing or something. But those people are all adults now. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to, like, hear their sort of, like, journey. Yeah. <laughs> their and I bet, life journey. And I bet people... <laughs> I've talked to them, but I think you're right. It probably hasn't been in podcast form. Especially what would you call them it? talking to each other because only they understand. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and what would come out, you yeah, know? Very few people. I feel you... like they'd also try to like one up their fucked up stories. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you call it? <laughs> Just like butt of the joke or something like butt that. Butt of the joke. Butt of the joke. Um, exploited youth. <laughs> yeah. That's our hardcore band though. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea though. Speaking of new podcasts, you know, we don't want to have a huge gap where we're not podcasting at all, but we want to do something easy. So, we've been recording as warm-ups for this podcast, something called Young Sheldon Cast, which if we can pull it off, we'll start getting released immediately, like the week after part six of Home Sweet Justice. The week after. The week after. And even that would be really fucking hard to pull off. I mean, 
Maybe it should only be like eight minutes long. They're going to be short. They'll get longer, I think. We head into like the Greg Masters era. Yeah. I mean, we've built we... another fucking world. And <laughs> yeah. now all these new rules. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it, it really plays to our strengths where like we're just doing world building for a TV show, like a ridiculous TV show. And it kind of is like ASS and kind of like Talker, but it's kind of like the best of both worlds because what Young Sheldon cast is not is a podcast where we watch Young Sheldon. Like Talker, we watched Walker and we talked about it. Right. Right. And we hated that part. So, we nixed that. Yeah. So, Young Sheldon cast is a new podcast we're doing, which has one rule. Never watch Young Sheldon ever. Right. Right. It's not allowed. We've made a solemn oath to never watch Young Sheldon. If any of us did watch Young Sheldon, they'd be immediately kicked from the podcast. It's not just a thing where like, oh, they wouldn't be able to be on the podcast. It has to be a humiliating punishment. (laughs) <laughs> like, you'll be replaced by someone. Like, you can keep doing everything else with us, but you'll be replaced by, like, if we could get Jaleel White, we would mm-hmm. get Jaleel White. He's top of the list. Yeah. We will find someone else to replace yeah. you. And you'll have to sit in the room and watch. <laughs> but you won't be given a microphone. Yeah, your mic will be off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's it. No watching Young Sheldon. And basically, we watched the, like, 20-second teaser trailer for Young Sheldon episodes and we basically come up with our own version based on what we saw in the trailer. Yeah, we're rewriting it like we did t- Talker, Walker. Yeah, because in Talker, we also felt like we had to discuss everything. Right. And we played clips and like yeah. this, we watched the fucking teaser. Yep. It's, you know, because we got smarter. It was like, what What was the one thing about Talker that was fucking not awesome? Oh, the Walker, Texas Ranger part. <laughs> so we yeah, just... that's where that ended up. Like, we realized at the end that... The less Walker we had, the better. I really want to go home and watch it. <laughs> Walker? Yeah. Okay. I was making sure you weren't talking about Young Sheldon. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was I've to noticed no desire <laughs> to see Young Sheldon. Um, y- Yoki really likes, I'm sorry, Yoko Ono, my, my girlfriend. She really likes Young Sheldon and she's been mentioning that I should watch it. But uh, I don't know. I'll keep you guys posted. Do you know who really does like Young Sheldon? Hmm. My dad. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's awesome. Fine. Maybe he'll like the podcast. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. He would never listen to one of my podcasts. So don't worry about it. Dad. <laughs> Dad stuff. Dad stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that'll be really fun and keep the content rolling. We just need a song and we need art. Jared already did an early version of the art. Looks fucking sweet. We yeah. have zero ideas for the song. Fuck. Right. Okay. So, we do have more work to do. <laughs> we have more work to do. Yeah. We're not finished. It'll be spacey sounding. Yeah. I'm thinking kind of like a spacey sounding Buffy the Vampire Slayer theme song. Ooh. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Um, all right. Anything else? I don't think so. We need to record some, some music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that song. That song about how we fucking nailed it. Yeah. And if you're listening to this, you've already heard it. Right. And it's about you. How we all nailed it. Yes. It was a collective nailing. Literally, if you're listening to this, that song is about you. It really is. Yeah. This song is a love letter to you. We love you. 1642. 1642. 1642. I love you, Yoko. 